0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
1: Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, AKA Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday. We got to the end of the week. Friday, April fifteenth is tax day. I think April eighteenth. They they changed it. Used to be always April fifteenth. It's time to pay your taxes. I think it's the eighteenth. I I I filed for extension. So, I don't have to file until October, but I still, you still have to pay. You still have to pay the estimated whatever. So, I paid all that already. So, it's still, it's tax day. Tax day. Let's make, let's, let's make our money back from the taxes whenever I, whenever I pay taxes, playing DFS. Like, right? when you, play, it's a good thing. It's a good, like, I, you make it sound like it's a bad thing. If you're paying, ta- if you're getting a 1099 from DraftKings, Fandle, wherever, that's a good thing. But here in the United States, you uh, you going to, you're going to pay income tax. Right, so it so it always sucks when it's like I had a really great DFS year, and then you, you 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 look at your tax bill, how much you owe in taxes, and it's like it's like the government is going and they're just taking a, taking a GPP just away from you. They're just like you know that GPP you won for fifty thousand, we want it. <laughs> no, it's not. That's that's Arwen, right? Should I, I I buy jerseys? I just got yesterday the Cole Anthony jersey. Yesterday that that I I always buy any GPP large field it has to be large field that uh that i win 30k or more winning first place i, I buy by the jersey of the lowest owned player in the lineup, and uh that was cole anthony for a couple of weeks back what yeah about three three four weeks back in nba three weeks i think on FanDuel, and so i bought the cole anthony jersey that came in yesterday but it's like it's like the government just said you know you know what that happened that, that we're taking that we're taking that but that's the that's the way that's the way the cookie crumbles. And we actually, we actually have, we actually have, if you want to, if you want to learn about your taxes, if you're this late, right, you got three days to file or something, or you may, you could always file an extension. Uh, pro tips on DFS and sports betting taxes video with dfsaccounting.com, which uh, we, we here at Roto-Grinders, some of, some of, some of our people here use, dfsaccounting.com, There's it's a video uh, on the, on the YouTube channel and uh, stuff in the, stuff in the, stuff if you, if you go to, go to the website, you'll you'll, you'll see stuff about that. So if you, if you need advice, if you need help, if you need free, if, if you're, if you're making a lot of money in DFS and you need some tax advice, go to DFS But But, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, so tax day, we got, we got to win, we got to win our money back for, for, from, from, uh, from the IRS uh, looking through the YouTube chat. Give me those thummy thumbs as usual in the morning, Thummy thumbs, thummy thumbs. Everyone likes the thummy thumbs, like and subscribe, whatever you want to call it. Uh Suki, Suki Singh has got, has got to start beating out infamous talking in real life pitches come, coming much later. Right. He says, so by first year in MLB on DK. Okay. Look, you got, you played about six slates. Okay. I'll just start winning as soon as my pitcher starts doing their job, but welcome to MLB DFS. Welcome. Especially if you're playing a draft game because you play two of them. Right. So now it's like, okay, two people that they seem to like, why, why wouldn't they have a good game? And then all of a sudden they get shelled for 10 runs. Welcome to MLB DFS. That's the way it is. it is. You'll always be in a situation, like 90% of the time, you'll be in a situation where it's like, I really nailed the batters. I got the right stacks. I got, played 20 lineups or whatever. I got the right stacks. Didn't get the right pitchers, right? And then the other half of the time, it'll be like, really nailed the pitchers, but some weird stack goes off that you have none of. It's like, didn't get the stacks right. It's always, that's what it's always going to be. Or well, you get the stacks right, but you don't have the one. You don't have Manny Machado, right? You played Teal did yesterday. I played a lot of Texas yesterday, and uh, didn't play any any Padres. So Manny Machado's the. He, I mean, if you Texas plus San Diego plus Musgrove plus Severino, I guess, or Gaussman would have would have got would have gotten you in the nuts pretty much. And uh, I didn't have the San Diego part of it, right? That that that's that's pretty much it. Well, if you don't have one little part of it, you're done. You're done. Right. So when Machado hit that that home run uh, going five for five. Uh yeah, my 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 uh my chances were were small. I I I I didn't play much of the the cores game, the Rockies Cubs game. And uh and yeah, and my 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 goal yesterday was to the three on shorter slates like that, six game slates. I I played I played 50 lineups yesterday. And I basically just like okay, I'm playing the Dodgers over the the Cubs and the Rockies, and I'm going to stack against. I'm going to play batters against Musgrove and against Ohtani and against Bueller, the highest owned pitchers. Forty six percent for Bueller, forty three percent for Otani, thirty two percent for Musgrove. Do I consider all any of these guys like aces? Ace? No, it's a it's a six game slate, so. I played, I played some Texas. I played some Atlanta. That didn't work out. Played some Cincinnati, right? And then in the other lineups that, like, I, if I was stacking Atlanta, I may have Otani in that one on DraftKings playing two pitchers, right? So I'm playing both sides. Like, I want, I, want one of these, I want one of these guys to do really good and one of these guys to do really bad, right? And that's what ended up happening pretty much, right? Musgrove did great, and Otani got shelled. Didn't really get shelled. I mean, basically Jonah Hines showed up for, for whatever reason, ninth hitter. And I had a bunch of them. I'd have been seven out of my 50 lineups. He ended up in my my Ranger stats. Still didn't, I didn't make money. Didn't matter. Because I mean, if I wasn't playing in those lineups, Bueller, Otani, and Musgrove, then who was I playing? Well, I had a lot of Charlie Morton, right? That didn't that didn't work out. But I still had, I had Severino. I I'd I, I Severino in half my lineups. He was the top projected play in the back. Uh very efficient, 82 pitches. Ended up getting the win, 24 points for 7,400. Musgrove did better, but Musgrove plus Severino, and I guess what was Gaussman? Gausman was like 10% owned. I hate that I can't sort by position. Yeah, 23 points, 10%. Okay, you could have used him, but he was more expensive, 8,500. Right, that type of thing. Then he needed Texas, and then then. No, no the one-offs that you needed from anywhere else. I mean, you could have had like Trout or Will Smith or, you know, something, or Al And I guess, like the shortstop people scored more. Corey Seager scored 23. Schwindel scored 21. Yeah, you could have gotten there with some one-offs. Not much happened in the outfield position, though, yesterday. Really. And we had three catchers that scored over 20 points or something, but like barely any outfielders. Did any outfielders score 20 points? any of them so i was noticing i looked up a lot of my lineups that had like Seeger and heim and nathaniel low and 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 good lineups and uh like my outfield was like three points here 11 points like willie calhoun 11 points who got a pinch hit for by Solak, and then like like three points for connor joe and like i'm looking i'm like and i'm still in like 102nd place out of however many fifteen thousand or something so i'm like oh no one did very well in the outfield that was me yesterday. I still lost money. That, that's the way it is at MLB DFS. You have to, you have to get it perfect. You're just going to bleed money until, until you get it perfect. And then you're, you're hoping that you, even though you're losing 90% of the time, that the 10% of the time that you do win, you win a lot of money. That's just the name of the game. You get your picture right, you get your batters wrong. You get your batters right, you get your pictures wrong. You get everything right, and the game gets rain delayed, and, and that's it. Out of the blue something like that directional bias uh, oh i i, I called him yesterday direction albius yesterday it turns out i, I believe it's directional bias that, that that would probably was very funny to him, or her or whoever Is said direction albius It's like thinking that like that that was someone's name is albius or something Direction albius okay no directional bias that makes more sense. Projections are funny for high variant sports. I tend to just look at them grading as a curve. Correct. People treat the medians way too like, like way too way too much like basketball. Like, oh, that's that or or they just consider that whatever that, that middle number is, that's that's the prediction of what's gonna happen. Right? High variant sports like baseball, like just like what I say about MMA. Like if we take a look at MMA projections, you'll see a fighter that His his median projection is 68 and and, and it's a a heavyweight fight, right? It's a heavyweight fight with inside the distance lines of like plus 120 or something. The fight doesn't go to the distance like 80% of the time. It doesn't make it to the, doesn't even make it to the decision. And And the two fighters, one is projected for 68 and one is projected for 53, right? As, as, as a median projection. Like these guys don't score those points. Like you, you will, you will not see either fighter score anywhere between 50 and 70. points. Like it's so very infrequent of the time. One guy's going to score like, like 70 to 120. And the other guy's going to score like 10 or maybe even less. And that's going to, that's, that's the range of outcomes. uh, Three, maybe 3% of the time it goes to a decision in a slow, sloppy fight. And, you know, so the winner is 63 and the loser has 20 or something. That's like 3%. But most of the time, you, you're, not, you're not just, yes, that's the middle number between all those outcomes, but it's more bimodal than anything, right? So if you took, it's not, a, it's not a normal distribution, right? 68 as a median is not the number like we, I'll show you, right? We go normal distribution. I mean, this is important. Let's say bimodal. I've showed this stuff before. But right, so like a normal distribution is what we think of when we think of projections. We take a look here, right? Can I bring this out? Right, so if we take a look here, what we think of as a median projection, we look at right in the middle, right? Where, you know, this is the one standard deviation up, one standard deviation down, right, we see here. This is the 68, 95, 99 rule, which which I I talked about in the theory of DFS course. So this is what we think normally about sports with their projections in a normal distribution. NBA fits more of this type of distribution where if someone's projected for 40 points, it's 40 in the middle. And then like, here's 35, here's 45. And it goes like that. And most of the results are somewhere within one standard deviation of that median. So in four, if the median is 40, like, yeah, they'll score somewhere between 25 and 55, like, like in this 68% zone. That's a normal distribution. a bimodal distribution, on the other hand, is where it's, there's like bumps like this. Let's bring this. Right? So even though from a median perspective, here's the median right here, right in that little gap. So the median, like in that example of four, let's say the median was 40 and I'm getting an email thing that I can't get rid of. Oh, there we go. Uh, 40, like if this is 40 and this is 25 and this is 55, like there aren't that many results that are outcomes that are around 40. It's actually more towards either 25 or 55. So this would be a bimodal distribution. The two ways you should think about uh projections now not not no player fits this exactly it fit either either of these exactly it's just which which way do you mentally think about what a projection means in mma in golf and in baseball think more bimodally in uh nba and nfl to some extent NFL is not as normal as NBA, but it's still not, it's not necessarily bimodal as much. Think more like, more like this. Soccer, soccer is another more of a bimodal type of sport, right? You play soccer, you you look at our soccer projections, you'll probably see a Cristiano Ronaldo uh, for tomorrow's slate, have a, have a good, have a, you know, a, a, maybe, maybe a 17 point projection or something like that. Probably good for eighty nine hundred on tomorrow's DK slate, but he doesn't. He, he either scores or he doesn't score. Now he's minus two ten to score anytime tomorrow, so most likely he scores one, right? More than fifty for more than sixty percent of the time, but he doesn't do anything else much. He doesn't accrue many points on the pitch other than goals and shots when he touches the ball because he's a center forward. So if he doesn't score, it's not like he could get. He really could get twelve points otherwise. He's going to be sitting there with five points. And if he, he, he could score four goals and end up with 48 points. So his range of outcomes looks more like this, that he doesn't hit the median as often as more above and below. We see that in baseball with guys that look at Joey Gallo. There's a good example. Joey Gallo, basically, he either walks, he either strikes out, or he hits a home run. So if you take a look and you go, like, how many, there's tons of outcomes that are zeros, threes, fives here. And there are tons of outcomes that are 14s, 16s, 20s, or more here. But the median of both of this is like eight. Joe Gallo rarely scores eight points, right? It's not like he's just slap hitting and getting on base and scoring runs or whatever. Typically, he's striking out or hitting a home run. So even though the median projection, oh, that looks good. And then you get frustrated when he goes 0 for 5 with three strikes. You go, oh, we got a zero. That's nowhere near the projection. Yeah, that's within the range of outcomes based on his distribution. So that's why a lot of people, one of the edges in DFS is taking advantage of median projections. Not everyone's median projection means the same thing. And people overvalue things. Like, yeah, I had a ton of the Yankees yesterday. But I know the Yankees are a high variance team. I want to play the Yankees, that type of team, a lot of power hitters that could also strike out a ton right So they could put up a ton of runs or they could they dig could get you know they could kind of look at what Gaussman did yesterday. I, I typically want to play those types of teams when they're low owned and when they're high owned, I'm more likely to not play them because they're a high variance team. You want to play high variance teams in GPP. They offer higher ceilings, right? They, they have lower lows, right? I'd much rather play the Yankees at, at low ownership than uh, some weekend at uh, the, the Diamondbacks, right? The Diamondbacks are, would not be a high variance team. The A's, they're bad teams. That every once in a while, they'll put up a ton of runs, but most of the time they won't. And it's not like their lineup is like murderer's row or anything. So on a larger slate, given the choice between like a team like the Yankees or the Phillies or the Braves or the Dodgers, most likely you're not going to get the Dodgers that low owned. Like those are those are teams that are going to going to be higher variance and you want to to embrace the variance. So when they're low, owned, when they go off, you will win a lot of money and when they don't, you just lose. and That's it. Welcome to MLB DFS. That's primarily because of these types of distributions. A lot of people treat baseball projections like this, normal distribution, when it really is you should be treating it like a bimodal distribution, more like, more. There's so many, so many different types of distributions, but for DFS purposes, I would consider these to think for in a non-mathematical sense, because I don't want to throw out math stuff for people that you know have to do formulas and study and everything, but just men- mentally, you just thought in these terms of these two different types of distributions. When you look at at projections, you'll understand much better. That's why, like an MMA, people ask me how much projection do you sacrifice for ownership, it's like, dude, this is a binary sport. Either the guy wins, the guy loses. And if the guy wins, how often do they put up a lot of points? And then, other than that, I, I I could I really don't care what the the median projection is because there'll be some fighters that have good median projections that have very that have much lower inside the distance lines and it's like yeah because yeah they're a minus 400 favorite and the most likely they wouldn't be a decision and score and score 78 points for 9200 it's like how often do they score 110 not that often but in this middle zone they got a lot of 75 to 85s and that ain't gonna probably ain't gonna cut it on a 14 fight card for like 9200 Right? So even though the, the projection of 78 is very similar to the, the $9,100 guys. 78-point projection. Well, his 78-point projection, maybe he doesn't even score 78 points often enough. It's like, this is the type of guy that either crushes you in the first round, the inside the distance, his inside the distance prop is minus 120. It's, and, but he's not as much of a favorite. And he's more likely to, like, either knock you out in the first round, or gasses out and gets killed right? Same, same median projection, two different types of fighters. One has a higher ceiling, the one that has the first round upside. The second, the, the other guy, more likely to hit 78, but not as likely to get you 110. So that would be the difference of, of projections. So it's a little, little refresher lesson to, to some people that may not fit this. Okay, go through the YouTube chat, some more do, 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 do. Shannon Lambert said, "Wonder if Dean played any Jonah Heim yesterday?" Yeah, I know. I saw him on Twitter. He said he used he used him as an example like three times yesterday. He ended up the second highest score in DK, right? Dean yesterday on Grinders Live. Uh, I mean, I saw him tweet. I didn't listen to Grinders Live. I listened to Crunch Time. Uh, he said that. In baseball, anything could happen, right? Any batter on this leg could be the highest scorer. Everyone's floor is zero as a batter, and anyone could be the highest scorer, even Jonah Heim. That's what he said. I think he said that three times, right? And then Jonah Heim hits a grand slam. Right. He was 2%. He was 1.84% owned, Jonah Heim. I mean, if we take a look at this, this this Texas ownership yesterday, it was great. Look, look at this. On a six-game slate, 8% for Seager because he's shortstop and it's a weaker position, right? I mean, look at this. Haim, Willie Calhoun, Cole Calhoun, Nate Lowe, 2.5%. Now, Garver and Haim are at the same position. That's why Garver was more owned than Haim. I mean, at this ownership, playing against a forty-three percent owned pitcher, why, why, why aren't I doing that? But you could say the same for Atlanta. But Atlanta was a little bit higher owned because of the positionals, right? So Olsen, Ozuna, Arno, Darnaud, Riley, Albie's a little bit higher, but si- similar type of concept. Musgrove, high owned pitcher on a six-game slate, the opportunity cost is lower. Tonight, we have an 11-game slate. So you have a lot more teams to choose from. So on an 11-game slate, maybe you, maybe your first instinct isn't to stack against Otani. Because you get five more games on the slate to choose from. And Otani probably doesn't end up being 43% owned. Ends up being 30% owned. The ownership for the pitcher starts getting spread out a little bit more. So you get less and less leverage opportunities. But on a six-game slate, sure. I mean, take a look at Cincinnati. It was Cincinnati. Look at Cincinnati's ownership. I, I think I, out of my 50 liners, I had three or four Cincinnati stacks, right? Look, Aquino hit a home run at 0.6% ownership. Look at this ownership. On a six-game slate, this is under-owned. The, do the Reds, are the Reds the winning stack? Very often? No, not at all. Maybe 3% of the time, 4% of the time on a six-game slate. But all the ownership is under that. Does it mean you play 50 of those lines? No, of course not. I mean, you could. Hey, you could if you don't mind, you know, losing a lot on the way to, to winning a lot. Because the Reds became the top stack and you had 50 of them. Probably you come in first, second, eighth, fourth. I mean, all you win all the money of all the spots. That, I mean, that, But that was my strategy yesterday of like playing the Yankees, right? Single-digit ownership. There was, you know, that it was a late start. People were scared, but if you listen to Roth, Roth told you there was nothing to be scared about. He, he sung you a lullaby, said, don't worry about the Yankees, right? Don't worry about them. Said if they, they're going to do a late a late start and within an hour or so, they'll, it'll be clear. It'll, they'll, the game will be in. Don't worry about it. And then that's why I played. I just played a ton, figuring that the ownership would be twice as less than, than it should be. And that's what I believe it was. And then Galsman just mowed them down. So <laughs> didn't matter either way. Once a, I could only judge it by the ownership. If the ownership was twice as much as this, I would have been like, oops, I, oop, I oops. So it has nothing to do with the results. I just look at this and go, judge should have been 24% on yesterday's slate. And it was 13.9. doesn't matter what he did. I win. I win. I win the Sklansky box. Okay. Do, 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 do. Let's see. Uh, where, where are we going? Where are we going? Devin's in the chat saying that he had KC everywhere. KC wasn't doing that bad. They were stealing bases and stuff. Merrifield and Mondesi. Dozier had a good game. Just uh you didn't really need that. I mean, this... The stack didn't come through, right? Right, because Perez had zero. He was 20% owned. Right, Bobby Wood, 8, 10. I mean, Ben Attendee, like, they were, they, were, they were over-owned. The Royals were over-owned yesterday. But they still scored. And I mean, they, they, you could have had one of these people in a winning lineup. The stack didn't get there. DJA Dog3K, are you hopping into USFL this weekend? No, I'm not. I'm hopping into soccer and MMA. If you want to play a Premier League soccer or MMA tomorrow, that, that that's what I'm hopping into. Masher says the bat gives percentiles for players that help us account these skewed distributions. Yes. You could, if you have the bat, you could go into the percentile projections and say, oh, some is higher than others. Or I mean you could you could eyeball this. I mean, you could tell just by the, just by looking at the ceilings and, or just knowing baseball, just knowing you look at, you look at Joey Gallo, you look Ruvnet Odor, you look at those guys, Hunter Renfro, very high strikeout guys that have power. Those are typically the guys. And then you look at Nicky Lopez or something like that, right? Nicky Lopez or D. Strange Gordon. Like these guys have like the lifetime of like five home runs total. So most likely their distribution is going to not be as, as, as bimodal. So if they have a decent projection, it's like, well, maybe what's their upside? Real life picture says I would be the best stats teacher. No, I wouldn't be. Because if I had to teach an actual stats class, I would have to actually know stats. I know as much about statistics as I need to know for DFS. That's, that's about it. And poker. Right, I learn as much as I need to know. Do I need to know anything past any all the stuff that I'm talking about? Probably not. Sean V says, uh, "I love this MMA card in DK." Yeah, I don't know. See, the problem with showing the MMA stuff, which I have sort of up, I didn't update this odds or whatever, is that they added this Lize Lizeza uh, Lusa fight, and that's going to like and ownership's going to change. Like I did. No, no, no sites are updated yet as far as like ownership differences and stuff because we have an 8800, another 8800, 7400 fight, making it a 14 fight card. So I have no idea. So, like, I've not, I've not, I've not accounted for what, what I'm going to be doing tomorrow in MMA whatsoever. So I have no idea. There's nothing to talk about. If they would have added this fight, I think that this fight got added to the card like two, two or three days ago. But DK just added it like yesterday afternoon, late afternoon or something. If it was a couple, if they if they added on Tuesday, our 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 rotor grinders ownership and projection would have accounted for it. Because if I I mean I could go right now to, to our our MMA lineup HQ, and I mean before the show I saw that ownership was not updated. It still says zero for those two fighters, so that so everything else is like just thrown off whack. Right here, yeah, right. Lazier, lazest, zero, right. Like, so what? What do I know? I don't know. I don't know anything, right? I need, I need ownership. I also need to update some of the odd stuff. So, so I have no idea. There's nothing to tell you about MMA. Listen to the ground and pound. If you're a premium, premium uh, roto grinder subscriber, we got, M- we got MMA. I mean, I'm showing you the MMA projections. We got the uh, the ground and pound podcast. We got the the expert survey. We got, we got stuff for you. For the combo premium people, it's like on the link in the description. I think you get ten dollars off your first month. Let's see what else. What else we got? This will be a short show today. I got I got stuff to do after this. I got like multiple shows. I'll be I'll be on Grinder's Live later, right? To talk about the eleven game slate. So I'll be on with Dean and TJ. Oh, let's see. They're talking amongst themselves. Do, 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 do. Ryan C, eighteen oh nine. On a general state, how much randomness do you apply to the hitters versus the pitchers? You don't have to apply any randomness. The only reason to apply randomness is if you want more uh, diversification in your lines. There's no magic settings. I'm going to constantly repeat this. There's literally no no magic settings. Build one lineup. Build one lineup by hand without lineup HQ. Without, don't even look at it. Just build one lineup by hand. Now build a second lineup by hand. That are, that are good, that you will consider to be, these are good lineups that I want to play in whatever size contest or whatever you're playing. Now build a third lineup. Now build a fourth line, build 20 of them by hand. Build 50 of them by hand. Build 150 of them by hand. Now, after you're done doing that, after two or three hours, you'll be like, yeah, taking two or three hours to build lineups is is just untenable, like that, handled. I wish I had a tool to do this more efficiently. Now that you know what lineups you want to build, now you go to the lineup builder and go, I want you to build these types of lineups for me, okay? So if you're not going in with what lineups you want to build, then what, then there's no magic settings. People are like, I don't know what to do. Let me just, uh, I'm going to, what settings do I press and then press the build button for it to spit out good lineups? That that is not how, that is not how these tools work. That's how 95% of people think these tools work, but that's not actually how they work. All it is is solving a math problem, like knapsack math problem for you. That's all it does, right? It's a dumb calculator for that. Oh, let's see. Daniel Hudson says he's still trying to figure out how to apply his music theory knowledge to DFS. Uh, you could you could teach you could teach people how to how to tilt better. So like when, the, when they're when they're in the Discord when 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 Joey Gallo strikes out again, or when uh, or when the Charlie Morton gives up another run like something like that, like you have to teach people how to how to you know how to sing their tilt or something. It's something, some, there's some it has to be some type of music theory. Something, I don't know. I'm really stretchy here. Maybe there is, maybe there's no application to, to, to music theory. Doug Montgomery asks, Where do you look for team ownership in MLB? When do you look? I'm, where do I look on roto grinders? <laughs> and when do I look? I mean, as close to luck as possible. When, when lineups come in, Right? You could go to this page. Let me bring this up. I don't know if it's up for today yet. Because we're still working on, we're still, at some point, Slate IQ is going to be ready. Can Can someone, what's going on? Is this, uh, like, just do NBA? Let's go to, let's go to MLB. And let's, let's pause that. Okay, where's this page? Yeah, like, draft, draft stack, draft king stack leverage. Team Spash tool, like I could look at something like this, just like average, just average ownership for the team, right? This gets updated when our ownership gets updated. So like KCR nine percent total, average. You would see this in slate IQ also. So I can see team ownership. Now this is obviously early slate, main slate, whatever. But I'll look at this once the, the lineups have to come out. Like, looking at this now doesn't mean all that much. I get a sense of who's based on our current projected lineups. This is the projected ownership. But, I mean, you have to wait for the the, the official lineups to start coming in. Yes, and a lot of times by the time the a 7 o'clock lock comes around, you may not have uh, the Angels lineup from 940 or something like that. You may have the Diamondbacks lineup from 1010, maybe may not matter that. Much. If they, if most of the players in that game are not really much owned anyway, it's not going to affect that much on ownership. But yes, looking looking at at ownership at 11:34 in the morning, it's my, it's not like NBA where things could dramatically change. So I be looking at stuff earlier is I mean you could look. I will look. Doesn't mean I'll make any choices, I'm being like, "Okay, let's Who's on this slate? What's going on for five, 10 minutes? And be like, okay, I'll be back at five. <laughs> I'll be back later, right? You look you look in the morning, 11, 12 o'clock, right? I just, uh, 10 minutes. Okay, looks like this guy projects well on that guy. Okay, people are going to be on, uh, okay. Let's wait for these lineups to come out, right? And then five, and then you sit around for five hours. That, to do what? The projections already work for you already. They're doing all the work. Oh, let's see, anything else in the YouTube chat? Feel free to post them in before I get out of here. So what we what do we got on today's slate? We got, Cause we got a nice 11 game slate. I like the large slates. Give me these, give me double digit games. Give me 10 plus games. These, these to me, truthfully, these slates are easier. On a six-game slate, I mean, if you didn't have Machado, you're dead. I mean, like, there's just there's not as many options on a slate like I mean. Look, Jonah Heim wasn't even in the winning lineup, and he was is one one point eight percent owned. That is even more dramatic on a larger slate where you you could win in m- many more ways, and it's more important to win in ways that people don't have. So maybe maybe quit his core's game gets overowned again and then maybe you play the Blue Jays instead or, or the Dodgers or Houston or Seattle or or the Yankees again or you know like we're, look the, the Angels Texas game has a 10 total there's a lot of options Milwaukee 4.6 total we got a lot more options today but we'll see ownership condensed in certain places and then you take advantage of it looks like Rodon's going to be chalky. We have this guy, McKenzie Core, that I've never heard of for 5K pitching for San Diego. Probably only pitches 70 pitches, I guess. But he's cheap. There's a way we could uh, fig- figure it out. Figure out di- many more different paths to first place, as opposed to four, five, six-game slates. Four, five, six-game slates, now it's more important. Like, like, that's what I was talking about before. Like, Rodon may be the chalkiest pitcher on today's slate. For uh San Francisco, right? Does that mean I'll oh, play a ton of the Indians against them, the Guardians, whatever, against them? Well, in a six-game slate, I would say okay. Four-game slate, three-game slate, yeah, okay. How else are you gonna? That's gonna be the low, that the easiest path to first place. Now, the the Guardian stack is gonna be the lowest owned stack on the slate. So it's going to be low. I mean, they have a very low team total. They're going against the chalkiest pitcher. But also, there's 10 other games to choose from. There's, there's 21 other teams to choose from. You want to get the highest scoring team. Most likely, it's not going to be the Guardians, right? Even if Rodon gets hit, it may not even be the Guardians, right? Rodon gives up six runs. The Guardians still aren't the winning stack. And there's 10 other games, so even though you get the most amount of leverage stacking against Rodon, it's still extremely low probability. And you got so many other people, you got so many other teams. If if the if the Guardians are a 1% owned stack, Baltimore may be a 1% owned stack also, right? Detroit may be a 2% owned stack. And it's not even facing Rodon. And you could play Detroit with Rodon. Maybe St. Louis ends up as a two percent don't there's so many more stacks that are in the one two percent range that do you need to play the, the, the stack against the chalky the the best pitcher on the slate no you don't have to can you sure there's so many more options that's that's to me that's the difference in slate size uh let's see Let's see, go through real life Picture says on RG Live today. Can you get Dean to go by stacks rather than position by position? Typically when he has me on, I was on Grinders Live on Wednesday morning. Typically when, when I'm on, Dean Dean always Dean always mentions that uh, to talk more of a general overview of this. Like we talk pictures, then we talk typically what, what I prefer to do is talk pictures, then talk like value bats. Like for the people that, if you need a one-off for the rest of your lineup, who projects well, right? Type of thing. So You look at the essentially all you have to do is go to our projections and sort by point per dollar, value, right? So that's essentially what we do, right? The type of thing where you go sort by point per dollar, and go oh, Bobby, Witch cheap at 2400, Bellinger 2800, Teller's at 2600, and at least for the people that don't have projections, like for a free show like Grinders Live, you're giving them like oh okay, here's here's some nice quality. The value bats to like you go through that. Like I can understand that. And then you go to stats. And there you go. You don't really play you don't play baseball, you don't play MLB DFS by positions. So yes. So hopefully we'll be doing that. How many times do I have to say you know, what catches do I like? Whatever catcher fits in my stack. That's it. Oh, let's see. Give those thumby thumbs before I get out of here. I got, I got another show. I got busy today, people. I'm very busy today. I got to update my MMA stuff. I got soccer stuff to do. I got Grinders Live later today, right? So if, if you want today's slate type of stuff, I'll be back. I'll be back for you, right? So hit that thumbs up button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I'll be back, what, 445? 4, I believe 445. 445 for, for Grinders Live with Dean with TJ, and then right after that is crunch time, and crunch time is free. MLB, it's free. And that will be just like the first, uh, all here. Every once in a while, we give that little freebies, or whatever, but now it's crunch time. Just one long show, 4.45 until lock, just one long show on YouTube, but uh, me, Dean, and TJ, and then we'll switch over to, to crunch time. You'll get those guys, hit those thummy thumbs if you haven't already, and uh and yeah, so uh, as as I always say, if you're in my contests, you know, I wish I don't I don't want you to win, right? I, I haven't said that in a while. Most people like wish each other good luck. Like, well, if you're playing on fan, I'm not I, no, I'm playing on I think I'm playing on fanDuel today. I'm playing on fanDuel instead of DraftKings today. So uh if you're playing on DraftKings, good luck. To you. If you're playing on DraftKings, I want you to lose, right? But that's essentially what it is. Why would I wish you luck in the contest that I'm playing? If you're playing like the single entry stuff on FanDuel, okay, you could win those. I'm playing the large field stuff. So yeah. I think based on the, the payout structure that they're, they're both horrible today, but DraftKings is extra horrible because they're, they're trying to do a hundred K to first. It's hundred K, 25, 10. And then, then you just, why, why, why bother? DraftKings at least it's a $5 entry and it, yeah, it's still 30, 10. It's, it's horrible also. But it's it, it's it's horrible at this if, if both sites are gonna be horrible, I'll play at the cheaper one and Fandle is cheaper. So so that's what I'll be doing today. Right. And we got our Fandle Fan Friday strategy video later. Live lots at 2 p.m. on this fours and odds channel. Grinders live at 445 and Crunch time at 620, right? Why the weird time? 445, 620. We gotta gotta people do people remember that type of stuff? I have no idea. Show up around that that, that around that time. You'll you'll probably hear me probably yelling at Dean that he's probably he's probably going to say something like I don't know if this is the type of slate where you need to stack right and then, 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 at eleven game slate I don't I don't think I'm going to get that argument right when we cover these five game slates at least I understand what Dean is talking about right eleven game slate he's going to tell me he's going to pull pull off the good old one one, one 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 right then then you then you see, you see the top come off right so uh, so give me those thumpy thumbs enjoy your Friday pay your taxes. And uh, and I'll see you back on Monday answering your DFS strategy questions as I always do on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com.